You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Root Lock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston, I live in New York City, and I'm your host. So hello everyone, and welcome to episode 2 of season 3. In the last episode, I talked a lot about what I call beacon cards, and so I just thought I would let you know that today's beacon card is the devil. Um, If you're curious more about that, you might want to go back and listen to last week's episode, episode one of season three. But the way I got that is by adding up the numbers from today's date, 2272020, and getting 15, which is the card for the devil. So if you're listening to this the day that it comes out, you might find yourself breaking some chains today. And I'm definitely going to be doing some chain breaking of my own, in a sense, uh, in this episode, in which I'm talking about the card strength and the ways that I think the word strength and our ideas of strength are culturally quite out of line with what I think tarot is for and how I see the strength card in the tarot with its much more like feminine and spiritual energy being sort of an antidote or an equalizer to our more masculine uh, sense of strength that dominates in our culture. So I'm going to look at strength in the context of the greater major arcana a little bit, talk about where it comes, talk about some of the differences I see in the Pamela Coleman-Smith illustration versus the Marseille strength, and why this difference feels important to me. Uh, as well as the switching of the placements uh, that Pamela Coleman-Smith did in the Rider-Waite deck. And I'm going to draw some links between the Strength card and the Eights of the Major Arcana. So that's what you have in store for today's episode. But first, a couple of announcements. Last week I announced that I'm going to be offering year-ahead birthday card uh, tarot card readings, and these are what I call 11-plus card readings. And what you get is a photo of your tarot spread, a PDF explaining the placements, and then uh, about a 30-minute mp3 of me doing your reading for you. Um, And these are an offering for birthdays. So for yourself or someone else, uh, if you have a birthday coming up, you might want to consider this, or if you know someone who does have a birthday coming up. Again, it's 11 plus cards, and what I mean by that is you get five cards for the year ahead, so one for each season, and then one card for the year overall. Five beacon cards. Again, if you're curious what that means, you can listen to the previous episode. One of the cards is for your overall lifetime, and then two cards for the past year and two cards for the coming year. And then I draw one astrology oracle card. I got this deck. It's called the Arcana of Astrology Oracle Deck. Um, I ordered it from the Ritual Craft website. That's a great store in Denver, if any of you are ever out there. It's actually in Wheat Ridge. But I have been really enjoying this deck. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm sure you've seen some images of it. 
Um, and I just decided to draw a card for this episode, and I drew Earth. And uh, this is the first time I've drawn that card. It's really beautiful and kind of cool to think, okay, some Earth energy in this episode. And different from the element of Earth that we see in, like, the suit of pentacles, this is more the planet Earth, right? Like, our home and our great planet mother in some way. So still processing that a little bit, and that'll just give you a little bit of an idea of also one of the cards that will be a part of these birthday year head readings. So if that's something that interests you, those will be available for Aries season, which are people's birthdays March 21st to April 19th, starting next Saturday, which is March 7th, so just over a week from now. And um, they're going to be super limited, only three available per astrological season. They become available two weeks before the beginning of each astrological season. I ask that you give me two weeks to produce them. So if someone's birthday is the first day of the astrological season, if you want that to them on their birthday, purchase it the first day it's released. They're $99, and I'll be giving another announcement next week but I just kind of wanted to remind you and tell you a little bit more about that. And one more announcement is that in two weeks, I'm going to be doing a question and answer episode related to working with clients professionally. So a lot of people have asked me to uh, do episodes or answer questions about working professionally, and I've definitely noticed that I felt a little bit resistant to doing this, and I think I needed to think about it a little more, because I don't really want to be someone who tells you how to set up your tarot business, how much to charge, how to build your website. That's just not something I really am that into myself. Uh, It's the part of tarot that I find the least fun and interesting, so, you know, You can figure that out other ways, I'm sure. I would say just do what feels right for you. That's kind of my suggestion. But what I do like talking about is how to deal with clients professionally. Some of you may know that I also work as a therapist, so this is something that I think about a lot. So if you have any questions about working with clients professionally, so if this is something about, you know, your insecurities or dealing with tough people or overwhelming situations in some way or setting boundaries or how to handle someone who you feel like needs more help than you're able to offer them. These are the kinds of things that I would love to talk about. So if you have any questions about any of that, you can send me an email or DM me on Instagram at rootlocktarot and I will be posting Probably sometime this weekend I'll be posting asking for people's input uh, for that as well, so you can keep an eye out for that. So let's get into today's episode on strength. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Rootlock Radio. From last week's episode... You learned that the this season of Rootlock Radio has a strength beacon card. So I took this a bit as an intuitive prompt for me to think about the strength card and do an episode reframing or kind of going into the strength card. Um, so that's what I'll be doing here. And I'll also be 
considering how strength relates to other cards and other topics as I cover this season, this is really kind of a theme of the season that I came up with just simply based on the date of the first episode. So it's important for me, since I'm putting this out there as a theme, that I establish what, what the strength card means to me before moving forward. So I'm going to do that today. And even so, I think the strength card does really warrant a reframe, not just in tarot, but even like the idea of strength in our culture really could use a reframe from my perspective. You may remember from past episodes that I've characterized human culture as being really more dominated by masculine energy. I'm not going to go into this too much, but it's probably not a huge surprise, right? Like most people who have held powerful positions in the history of the culture that now dominates the world have been men. And I worded that kind of carefully because it's not necessarily true of all cultures. I can't speak of cultures that I am not a part of. Um, and I certainly hope that there are cultures out there in the world that hold more feminine and spiritual energy to higher esteem. But definitely in the Western and kind of European imperialist capitalist cultures that have spent the last several hundred years trying to take over and conquer the world, we definitely see that like masculine energy dominating and and driving that force. It's very ego-driven and does not step back and really consider the spiritual or emotional implications of things like imperialism, colonization, capitalism. Sometimes it feels like spiritual and emotional considerations are not even on the radar when it comes to these things, right? So I'm going to scale back from talking about politics. I'm not really interested in going into that too much, but just trying to set some context here. And for me, what, what it really draws me to tarot and what I love so much about it is that it favors more tapping into that spiritual and feminine side of things, um, as opposed to the more like human and masculine side of things. It's kind of an antidote or maybe an equalizer or neutralizer to this dominating human masculine energy. So this isn't to say that human masculine energy is always bad, right? It can actually be really great. It's a realm where I see things like philosophy and organization and order and leadership. Like, you know, these things are good and have their place in the world for sure. But I think the issue is that it's really out of balance with the other energies of our world. This is my feeling about it. The more feminine and spiritual energies don't really have as much of a place uh, in our greater culture. And they're much more kind of a off the radar sort of thing, considered a little esoteric or, um, you know, whatever. So tarot, again, is providing some counterbalance to this and is often encouraging us to take a more feminine and spiritual approach to our lives. When you look at the tarot as a whole, one, one like place to look is the tens, right? And noticing the more like feminine suits, the cups and the pentacles, the tens are really pleasant. And in the more masculine suits, the swords and the wands, the tens are really unpleasant. So I take this as sort of a signal that like, at least the, the images that I'm working with, with, in, you know, Pamela Coleman Smith's images in the Rider Waite deck, that the tens, right? Like that's sort of the culmination of the story of each suit. 
the feminine tens are really pleasant and the masculines are unpleasant, telling us kind of, let's work with that feminine energy. That's going to bring more pleasant things our way. So now I'm even bristling as my, at myself as I'm talking about this because I hear, you know, feminine, masculine, there's like a real binary here. And I think it's important to note that I don't believe in the gender binary. And I think really these are just energies, right? And things that we can both, we can tap into. And we all have a relationship to femininity and masculinity. We all have these energies in us. It doesn't really have anything to do with biological sex. And, you know, it definitely comes into play when we talk about something like gender, gender expression, gender identity. Um, But this is much more of a like psychological and identity realm where we relate to these energies. But again, we all have relationships to masculine and feminine energy, and it is in our best interest actually to cultivate and develop these, especially if you were adverse to or out of touch with one of them. So, for example, many cisgendered men may have an aversion to their own feminine energy, and it's a lost energy, or it's a lost opportunity because the feminine realm provides us with a lot of things like coping skills, peace, serenity, acceptance, self-compassion, empathy, love, care. There are a lot of things. There's a lot of wisdom in the more feminine energies. So it's in all of our best interests to work with that side of things too. And again, I think tarot encourages us to move in that direction. So let's go back to strength. And a word, as a word, strength is often cast into that human masculine realm. Like when you hear phrases like, I need to just get over it, or I need to be strong, or let it go, or don't let it get to you, or man up. That's probably the most obvious one, but all of these are ways of kind of denying your own emotions. And while it may take a certain kind of strength to do that, and there may be a time and place to do that for sure, Uh, Sometimes we do need to like compartmentalize or ignore our emotions in order to get through a certain situation. But doing this as a habit or doing this as your go-to way of dealing with emotions is not so helpful. And I think that the strength card is actually not about that at all. So denying your emotions is something that is likely to lead to things like depression, repression, anxiety. And these are all things that keep us actually away from things like our emotional and spiritual selves, right? So that's not really the kind of strength that the tarot encourages. So how do I see this reframe? Well, it's pretty simple, actually, if you just look at the card or, you know, and again, I'm talking about the Smith image from the Rider Waite deck. We see a person in a white gown adorned with flowers. It's definitely not the man up version of strength that you may first think of when you hear that word strength. Uh, This card might have surprised you when you first saw it. This image is depicting that more feminine version of strength. This figure on the card has echoes of the uh, imagery of the Empress, which we associate with a nurturing energy that is supportive of growth and development. So it's definitely much more of that feminine side. So what is a more feminine version of strength? Well, I think we have a word for it, actually, and it's called courage. 
it may be a more appropriate keyword for this card in some ways, because while with strength I often think of like muscle and like physical capability and the ability to kind of like push through and stuff, when I think of courage, I think of the heart with good reason. I mean, that word, it literally means like of the heart or something like that. This association is reinforced by the strength card being the card of Leo as well. The astrological sign of Leo is also associated with the heart. So there's a lot of ways that this strength card is getting us to think about the heart instead of like muscles or instead of a more like mental type of strength. When I was a kid and I first saw the Wizard of Oz, I remember being kind of confused about the fact that the cowardly lion was missing a heart. I think growing up in the culture I did, I couldn't compute how a heart would make the lion tougher or less cowardly. For me, at that, t- that age, I associated the heart with things that were like softer, like love and feelings. But I remember that the film used the word courage as what this lion was lacking, right? It wasn't that he was lacking strength, it was that he was lacking courage. And courage is kind of strength from the heart. So it's interesting to me to think about that now, because I think as an American child, I hadn't really been taught about this kind of strength. Um, So I was just kind of confused by it. I think in a way, like this type of strength was taught to me by the Wizard of Oz. So what is this different type of strength or courage? Courage, in my mind, means integrating your emotions into your strong actions rather than than denying them in order to be strong. So consider that the strength card is the first card in the second line of the major arcana. So in the first line or the first leg of the journey, we're working on development. And when I say development, I mean child development, essentially. So the correspondence of the first seven cards is maybe the first 18 to 20 years of someone's life. And when you get to the chariot, you are reaching a place where the theme is sort of agency and ability to go out in the world and do things you want to do and to have sort of that independence and that freedom uh, that we as humans, at least in the culture I grew up in, tend to be afforded around, you know, 16, 18, 20, 21. In that time of your life, that's where you really kind of are getting those chariot vibes of of getting your driver's license and getting to vote, getting to drink if you want to legally. Uh, So society is kind of supporting this like more letting you make choices for yourself. And when you get to the second line of the major arcana, if you look ahead, there are some real big challenges, right? So there's no way, in no way are we done growing at the chariot. If you look forward from the beginning of this line you see the wheel of fortune this is a time of like kind of surrendering to that which you can't control which is pretty hard right once you've stepped into your sense of agency you might have a feeling of like oh okay i've got this i can i can do stuff but the wheel of fortune challenges that right and and shows us the things that we can't control and then the hanged man also a test of this agency being stuck being stagnant not having a choice and having to surrender to that So while the Wheel of Fortune is like events happening that are out of our control, the Hanged Man is more like, what's it like to not have control over nothing happening, right? About being stuck. 
So in a simple, simple sense, Wheel of Fortune is about like the change that you can't control, whereas The Hanged Man is kind of about the stagnancy that you can't control. And then we move on to death, right? Yikes, like this is a process of change and transformation in which you don't know what will be on the other side. This is a tough thing to go through. A good example, kind of taking it from the archetypal into the real world, is thinking about like your first heartbreak, right? It's like traveling through a dark tunnel, and you kind of don't know what's going to be on the other side, but the best thing to do is just trust that you're going to be okay, kind of stay present with the process, and if you're courageous, you come out more resilient on the other side. And so strength is preparing for us for all of this. When we're looking at strength in the context of the greater major arcana, it's preparing us for these challenges that our agency isn't enough for, right? Like if we just have agency, we're going to fail these challenges. We're not going to we're not going to be able to learn what we need to learn from them. It's about surrendering. So, that's what strength is preparing us for. We're learning to be courageous so we can draw on that in these trials that come ahead. And it does not help us to deny our emotions in this different version of strength that that a lot of times we see in society. So for example, going back to this example of like heartbreak, like if that was your experience of what archetypally is represented in the death card, if you are sad or you're in some sort of grief process and you suppress or otherwise deny those feelings, then you're going to get depressed. And it's only when you have the courage to feel your feelings, be present with your feelings, do you come out on the other side, which is the temperance card and the ultimate lesson of the this leg of the journey, right? That emotional balance, that internal sense of like, I got this. So the strength is really, it's preparing us to learn that. So coming back to the card, we can see this quite visually. We have this feminine looking figure holding the head of a lion. And have you ever dominated a dog that's kind of out of control? So one time I was having a picnic at Prospect Park in Brooklyn with my friend Angela, and this pit bull that was very friendly but very rambunctious ran over and started eating and walking all over our picnic, right? Just like taking bites out of everything and stomping all over things. And my friend Angela, who, you know, is fairly feminine, grabbed that dog, flipped him over on his back, and held him down. And he was, like, wagging his tail and dog smiling, but he calmed down and he stayed like that. You know, she, like, held him down. And he liked it. And the owner came over and seemed kind of afraid of his own dog and unable to dominate him in that way. And my friend, you know, had that that strength, that more like feminine, it was very caring, it was very nurturing, the dog liked to be held down. It's like she she kind of taught him some control, or regulated his sort of out of controlness. And that's the strength card. So the lion on the card, to me, represents emotions. We all have emotions that can get out of control, and can be destructive or just like too much, right? overwhelming for us, overwhelming for other people. And the maturity this card is inviting us into is the maturity of being in touch with our emotions while also harnessing them. So kind of hold, holding them down like in a, in a very caring way, not denying them, not trying to get rid of them, not pushing them away, holding them down and harnessing them. 
So a good example would be anger, right? Anger is a feeling we have when something is unfair or when we get hurt in some way. And one way to express anger is to get aggressive, right? Yell, scream, break something, hurt somebody. That's the untamed lion, right? That's that anger coming out just with no harness. Strength encourages us to first harness that anger, but that doesn't mean we deny it, right? The lion's not in a cage. The lion is is pretty gently being uh, dealt with, right? So in the, in the anger example, harnessing the lion or doing what we see on that card is is basically mean like using assertiveness to express anger rather than aggression. So when you experience anger, you may have to treat that angry part of yourself much like the human figure in the card treats the lion. Compassionate, soothing, gentle, yet firm, right? Just like my friend treated that dog as well. So instead of saying, I hate you and punching the person or breaking something, what you do is you take some breaths, you focus on yourself, right? Soothing yourself, finding that angry part of yourself and taking care of it. And then say something like, when you did that, that really hurt me and I found myself feeling angry. You integrate the emotion. That is strength. So you also in this card see the infinity sign above this figure's head. So there's an energizing component to this. The other place we've seen an infinity symbol so far in this journey is the magician. And we really only see it again in the world card. So, you know, it's a pretty big deal seeing that affinity sign. It's not just everywhere across the tarot. In the magician card, this is the card that most purely represents that spiritual masculine fire energy. And this strength energy is, is more of like kind of a feminine alternative but it is also the type of masculinity that is spiritually aligned. And it's almost like the two are kind of in balance in some way, because I definitely see the spiritual masculine energy as being embodied in something like a lion, right? Uh, a Leo is a fire sign, and the symbol of Leo is the lion. So we're seeing some relationship between spiritual feminine and spiritual masculine here. And it's in touch with the internal, right? The spiritually aligned energy of this card. It's in touch with the internal, the greater good, the picture beyond the immediate gains of the moment. It's not the masculinity that inspired the imperialists, colonizers, and the capitalists. So I'll be right back after a short break. Radio is kept commercial free by the generous support of the podcast listeners. If you'd like to support Rootlock Radio, consider joining the Patreon group. A monthly donation of $5 or more gives you access to a private Discord discussion forum where Rootlock Radio listeners and I discuss tarot and answer each other's questions. You also receive bonus materials related to content from the podcast. To donate and join, see the link in the show notes. You can also support me by booking a year-ahead birthday tarot reading for yourself or a friend, or by purchasing the Season 1 Companion Guide PDF or the Rootlock Tarot Book of Spreads PDF. All of these goods and services can be found on my website, rootlocktarot.com. 
Another great way to support the podcast is by subscribing, giving a five-star rating on iTunes, and writing a review. This is the best way for more people to discover Rootlock Radio. And of course, follow me on Instagram at Rootlock Tarot and sign up for my email newsletter to stay in the loop about future opportunities to engage with me. Regardless of how you choose to support Rootlock Radio, thank you so much for listening. me to talk more about the Marseille deck and somehow I found myself a little bit resistant to this without fully knowing why Um, but I actually think diving into the strength card really helps me to understand why the Marseille deck just doesn't really resonate with me that much. I know this could be a very controversial statement and I don't expect people to agree with me about anything I say on this podcast, but, you know, especially something like that, I totally acknowledge its historical importance. I realize we would not have the Smith images without the Marseille deck, but I think I see the Marseille deck as more representing this, like, human masculine energy. And this card is a perfect example for a couple of reasons. The first is that the figure on the card is not as ostensibly feminine. And the relationship with the lion is certainly not as compassionate. So when you look at the Marseille image, the person handling the lion just doesn't have that same really, like, clear feminine energy that you see in the Pamela Coleman Smith image. And the lion doesn't look like it's being handled in a way that's nearly as gentle and compassionate. It's more of kind of a struggle. And then the other reason is that The Marseille deck has justice starting line two, not strength. So these two cards are switched, and the second line of the Major Arcana in the Marseille deck starts with justice, not strength. And Pamela Coleman-Smith is actually the person that switched those two cards, as far as I know. No one had really put strength as the beginning of the second line of the Major Arcana until her. So these facts combined so the image and the placement, um, help to highlight why Pamela Coleman Smith's images and approach to the tarot resonates with me. So she integrated a much more spiritual and feminine energy into the cards, I think. She helped to better align them with what I think the world needs from tarot. And a good example of that is by making strength a much more feminine and spiritual card. And she provided a kind of correction to the misconceptions we have about what strength really is. Just the changes she made in that card, she didn't really change the scene, she just made some changes in the choices, and I think it really gave it a much more feminine uh, version of strength. And by making this first card in line two, she also acknowledged how fundamental it is to get in touch with this type of strength in order to proceed through the cards that follow. Again, I totally acknowledge the historical importance of the Marseille deck, and to those of you out there that want me to talk about it more, I'm sorry that I haven't. I could potentially in the future, but I think maybe this helps me to understand why that deck just, it's it's great uh, in a lot of ways, and I know it's so fundamental, um, but it's just never clicked with me, even when I've like drawn from my Marseille deck 
I just haven't felt that same energetic connection sometimes. So my philosophy of tarot just, it doesn't really hook into that deck. Those images don't really like hook into me in the same way. And I don't think until I explored the strength card did I fully understand why. One more thing I want to touch on is the eights of the minor arcana and how they relate to the strength card and this idea of courage, right? So strength is the eighth card in the major arcana, uh, according to Pamela Coleman Smith's imagery. And so it relates to the eights in the minor arcana suits. So when we look at the eight of wands, right, we see these wands flying through the air. And I think to myself, well, I wouldn't really want to be standing on the ground right there. There's like a getting pummeled kind of vibe to it. And it takes strength strength to endure moments like that, right? When so much is going on and you're kind of getting pummeled, it takes a certain kind of strength to be able to endure that. And I think it takes an emotional strength, right? Because the wands are about passion, right? It's a It's about things that really kind of like burn in us. So it's not so much about kind of being able to hit the wands back or be strong in that sense, right? It's being able to tolerate the discomfort. When we look at the Eight of Cups, there's a huge risk-taking in that card, and it's based on intuition, right? Like we see a person walking away from these cups, right? And kind of going off to follow a, a sort of unknown higher calling. And there's like a sacrificial energy to it. Like we're sacrificing some emotional security for our own soul growth. And I think one of the best things you can do as a human is take risks to do things if you have the means to, right? If you have the supports in your life to do it, to be able to do something that feels right, even though you're not totally sure how it's going to go. When we look at the Eight of Pentacles, it's really aligned work. We got this person plugging away at something that feels really important to them, and it takes strength to do that. And we know this isn't really working for others because this person's sitting on a bench in the woods and society is way off. All those buildings are off in the distance, right? This person is off doing something that means something to them. They're not working for others. They're working for themselves. And that's something that I think is really takes a lot of strength too, is creating your own offering to the world through labor. And then when we look at the Eight of Swords, right, this card's a lot about like seeing past your own mental traps, identifying how you contribute to your own problems. And it takes a whole lot of strength to be able to do that too, to be able to identify the thought patterns and the ways of seeing things and the distorted views you might have that make you see the world in a certain way. And when you see that, you kind of have to admit you aren't just the victim, but you can do something about a lot of situations you're in. Again, not everything, you know, I think there definitely takes a certain amount of support and privilege to be able to get out of a lot of bad situations, but I think most of us can relate in some way to this idea of the Eight of Swords of our own mental traps, right? There's got to be some level that almost anyone, I think, could relate to that. And that takes a lot of strength, too. So that's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed this dive into the strength card. 
exploring this card has really helped me uh, to see how it embodies what I think the tarot is for. I think it's such an important key card. And again, that, that change that Pamela Coleman Smith really highlights that to me. Um, it helps us to get in touch with and integrate the more emotional and spiritual parts of ourselves in a world that is often hostile or dismissive of being emotional and being spiritual. So I think this card is just a really great, important key card in the tarot. And I'm going to be talking about all kinds of things this season, uh, but I'm going to try to keep this idea of strength in mind as I do that. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you will join me next week. Bye. Rulock Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It is written and produced by me, Weston. Music for the podcast is provided by Shenandoah Davis and Jeray. You can find links for both of these incredible artists in the show notes. To support the podcast, consider joining the Patreon community. And if you love Rulock Radio, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a kind review. To learn more about me and the tarot goods and services I have to offer, please visit my website, rootlocktarot.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rootlock Radio. Radio.